we just got up there and kind of blasted through the pandemic and played tunes that was basically comfort music, but it, it's really good. And to get a five-star review for swinging standards, you know, was just um, incredible. So I'm definitely going to do some of that kind of music too at uh, at um, the showcase, but uh, I want to feature some of this music um with that I did with Kurt Rosenwinkel with this group. And I should mention that it's going to be with Michael Stryker and Dennis Carroll and a great drummer from Chicago who's worked with Linton and everybody else uh, named Sean Dobbins. Chicago Jazz Magazine, chicagojazz.com, and welcome to another episode of Around Town. Today, I am joined by Jim Snydero. Of course, he's a Grammy-winning sax player, and he is coming into Chicago Tuesday and Wednesday, September 26th and 27th, to perform at the Jazz Showcase, and we're going to talk all about that. He's also coming in as part of, uh, he's doing some clinics, not open to the public, but doing some clinics at UIC for Michael Stryker, who's the department chair over there. And so he's going to hit at the Jazz Showcase on Tuesday and Wednesday. He's going to have a killer group. And Jim, thanks for jumping on. Welcome to Around Town, and it's great to talk to you. Thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure to see you again, and I'm so excited about this hit at the Jazz Showcase. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about this first, because... You've got a new recording, a new release, Far, Far Away. It's featuring Kurt Rosenwinkel. So I know you're going to probably be playing tunes from that. Of course, everybody can go to jimsnydero.com for all the information. But you haven't been back to Chicago to like lead a group in, in many years, right? So this has to be a pretty cool thing happening. It is. It is. The last time I played there was maybe 10 years ago uh, at um, uh, what's the other venue? Uh, Green Mill or Green Mill, the Green yeah. Mill, yeah, the Green Mill. Right. And uh, but at the showcase, this is my debut as a leader because uh, I just never was able to get that together. But I did work there as a sideman quite often, mm -hmm. and um, you know, it just seems bizarre to me that I haven't been to Chicago more often because I work all over the world, but now's the time and i'm really pleased about the group and the new record with kurt has done really well so the timing is excellent well and you got a you got a five-star review in downbeat i think i read right i mean is that, that that's 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 not easy to come by so obviously no, especially you know the i mean it was such a, a gift or so so i'm so thankful for it but especially for music we did standards on that record it was a live record we did during the pandemic uh, at the, the famous Deerhead Inn in, near New York. And it was with Joe Farnsworth and Orrin Evans and Peter Washington. And we just got up there and kind of blasted through the pandemic and played tunes that was basically comfort music. But it, it's really good. And to get a five-star review for swinging standards, you know, was just um, incredible. So I'm definitely going to do some of that kind of music too at uh, at um, the showcase. But uh, I want to feature some of this music um, with that I did with Kurt Rosenwinkel with this group. And I should mention that it's going to be with Michael Stryker and Dennis Carroll and a great drummer from Chicago who's worked with Linton and everybody else uh, named Sean Dobbins. Sean Do well, he's coming in from Detroit. Sean Dobbins is coming. Yes, in yes. Did I? Yeah. Right. Sorry. Yeah. So he's coming in from Detroit, and I don't think he's been in town all that much. So this is going to be something that all the drummers out there, you need to go and check this out. And if you're not familiar with Sean, 
uh, I encourage everybody to, to watch some YouTube videos because it's going to be really swinging. And obviously everybody else knows Michael and Dennis and Jim's coming in town and the showcase, of course, 806 South Plymouth court jazzshowcase.com, Wayne Siegel, uh, keeping the, everything alive over there. And for those of you that have not been to the jazz showcase, which I cannot imagine there's that many people watching this in Chicago that haven't been, but if you're coming into town or if you're a student that's going to be able to come and see it, it's like walking into a museum over there because they have all the artifacts from when Joe Siegel was starting the jazz showcase. So there's pictures, there's all sorts of great things. So it's something to definitely go and check out. So Tuesday, Wednesday, eight o'clock show, 10 o'clock show, uh, September 26th, 27th, and you're coming in town also, and you're going to be doing clinics at UIC and working with that jazz program there as well. How did you, did you, have you known Michael for a while? Because Michael's done such fabulous stuff over there at the U University of Illinois, Chicago jazz to build a jazz studies program like that right in the heart of the city. Well, actually I met him a long time ago when he was uh, teaching at Eastern Illinois University. I came in to do a concert uh there with the big band and we met and we started playing together and i loved his playing and then we did a duet concert and some other gigs and then he went over to western illinois university and uh then he got the job in chicago so i've known him for maybe uh 20 years something like that yeah. great great uh pianist and um, i'm happy to work with those students over at the university too well, and let, let's talk a little bit because I know that, you know, you've written the Essence of Bebop book back uh, the, years ago, but I know it's it's one of those popular books. Everybody has it. And all the all the uh, up and coming jazz musicians have gone through it. It's almost like an Abersol type thing because I remember seeing it all around the place when I was in college. But why don't we talk a little bit about how important it is? And, you know, I always try to relate some of this stuff to like younger musicians or even musicians that are trying to grow maybe not professional, but they're learning how to grow. How important is it just to learn tunes? Because I'm looking at a lot of musicians these days, especially the younger ones, and they're coming in with their iPads and they're reading the stuff and they can play over changes, but they're not really internalizing tunes the way when I was coming up in the 90s, we had to know tunes. We had to know all 12 keys. We had to be able to play over them at all different tempos. I don't know if education-wise, if that's really happening these days or not, but talk a little bit about how important that is and how that's helped you in your playing. Well, I mean, listen, if you're going to listen to the best jazz of all time, which for me is the classic records in, uh, you know, the the especially in the 50s and the 60s, they're basically playing on tunes, uh, more or less. And so, um, you know, this is kind of the the uh, blueprint for improvisation that these guys are playing on. And um, those kinds of tunes are are kind of the basis for most of jazz that's played today. Not everything. There's some modal kind of music and some other uh, experimental things. But I would say the vast majority of jazz that's still played today is based on forms and chord changes to standards. And um, it's a really great way to learn how to play any kind of jazz. And if, you, if you're if you a student, at least the way that we used to do it, and I think it's the best way still, uh, you really want to learn how to play, you've got to transcribe solos and figure out what they're doing and emulate that uh, until you've internalized it, then you kind of make it into your own. And that, that's kind of a hard road, but that's the best way to do it. It's the quickest way from point A to point B, and you're going to be doing it over tunes. So... And the other practical side of that is, is that if you're a working jazz musician or you're someone that's um, going to do gigs, 
as a jazz musician, say, uh, you know, at a bar or uh, for uh, some kind of social event or whatever, you might not have ever played the, with the musicians that you're going <laughs> to. And so you're going to walk in and, you know, you're going to have to play tunes probably. And looking at the iPad or whatever, uh, a book, you know, is probably not going to let you perform to your highest level because you haven't internalized the form and the changes and the concept about how to get through uh, that kind of music. So from both a practical side and a nuts and bolts language side and an artistic side, it's the quickest way to get it together. Yeah, yeah, well, and 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 that's the thing, right? Is because you want to know where the music came from. It's just like anything else. If you're in business, you want to know why you're doing this. Then you can go back 50 years and look at why people did it a certain way to get to a certain point. It's the same thing with music. And the beauty, to to your point, you can go back and transcribe the masters playing over the same changes you're going to play over, which tells you a lot about the internalization of the music. And and then you can first learn that that's how then you develop your own voice right absolutely take it to another level absolutely so when you're playing and i mean we'll talk a little bit about this of course you're coming into town tuesday and wednesday september 26th and 27th at the jazz showcase michael striker dennis carroll sean dobbins joining you it's going to be swinging of course everything's at jazzshowcase.com you know when when you first started performing and starting to to play and you got out of college and you started and you played in so many different genres and so many different styles with so many different directors and band leaders and running your own groups and everything else i mean what's that through line as far as playing goes because i know you play jazz you played some funk you play rock blues whatever you know but you found your own voice when did you really realize that you know what this is actually Jim Snydero playing over these tunes and I'm not trying to copy anybody anymore. You know, was there a point where you're like, you know what, I feel really comfortable in my playing. I'm just going to blow, forget it. And I'm not going <laughs> to worry about what anybody else is saying. Cause I, I feel like I'm, I'm confident in my playing. Well, being confident and finding your own voice are kind of two different things because um, you know, I think the confidence comes from understanding the language and understanding the instrument and, all the hard work that you've put into the to both of those things gives you the confidence to know you know it helps you to relax and just do your thing um as far as my voice is concerned i think a, a lot of it started probably when i did the strings record about 20 years ago in the early 2000s which was a very successful record and i started to hear my voice a little bit more over top of a, a totally different setting for me. I had composed and arranged all the music. It was something, a huge undertaking. And I felt like at that point, I really was starting to write a lot more, a lot, you know, write and arrange more. And, you know, you're going to have your voice when you're writing music usually. And then so you're going to be playing over that and they kind of go hand in hand. And suddenly you realize there are certain things that you like that you're doing all the time that are actually unique. They're you. They might be small things. And a lot of times they are small things. There are things about articulation or a certain way that you put a line together. You know, everybody's got their preferences as to the timing of things and the way that they like to shape ideas um you know that comes from your influences but eventually you find your own way even if you don't 
really realize it, uh, especially if you work very hard at it, there's a certain thing that you favor and you start doing that. And when you realize that's you, then you can kind of capitalize on it. So I think it's about 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love hearing artists, especially someone like you, who's played with so many different people and written so much music and composed so much. Just talk about that, because I think people, you know, they get frustrated when they're starting out and they're starting to play, especially with some of the uh, university kids you're playing, you know, you're going to be working with at UIC when you come into town. Uh, they're probably hitting a wall sometimes, but hearing different things from musicians like yourself and just getting through and getting to the next thing get over that hurdle and fight through it to get to the next hurdle that's really half the battle of actually playing in addition to practicing but it, you know you always hit that wall and you're like oh my god i can't i can't, this is unbelievable and then you have to sit and you got to work through stuff right i mean that's the hardest part of everything it really is and it's this is so appropriate i'll i'll never forget when i uh, read what Michael Jordan said, which is, ties perfectly into Chicago back a long time ago. He said, listen, you know, I ran into walls and you just eventually you climb over that wall and you get to the next one. And I, I don't remember how he finished it out. But for me, anyway, uh, at one point, you're through the building, you're over the walls and you, you see the light and you go, wow. It, it was all kind of in front of you, but sometimes, I mean, a lot of it is sometimes you just have to go through the process of enlightenment until you finally realize there it is. That's it. You know, yeah. a certain problem or whatever. Right. Well, I, I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm glad you said that. And uh, well, all right. So I want to make sure everybody knows, go and see Jim with the group here. So Jim Snydero, Tuesday and Wednesday, September 26th, 27th at the Jazz Showcase. 806 South Plymouth Court, right there in the South Loop. Of course, $5 parking behind the place, but there's also plenty of street parking. So there's no excuses not to go and see this group on that Tuesday and Wednesday, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. And I wanted to say one thing, too, that I really hope that students will come down. Um, uh, you know, a lot of them have my Jazz Conception book or Bebop book and, and things like that. And I'm going to I'm planning on giving some books away to students. I'm not sure how many if it's going to be five or 10 or 15 per night. But I would love to see some students come down and I'll be happy to sign books and I'm going to give some away, too. Well, that that's perfect. And it's all ages, too, I believe, on Tuesday and Wednesday. So right. everybody head on out. Um, no matter what school you go to and go and check this group out. Of course, jimsnydero.com, the new release Far, Far Away featuring Kurt Rosenwinkel. You'll hear all of that and go see Jim and the group in person and say hi, of course. I'm sure he'd love to say hi to you if you came down to see everybody. So Jim, thanks for jumping on. It is great to reconnect with you. And uh, I am going to try to get over there one of those nights and, and meet you in person again. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for everything. Absolutely. And of course, I want to thank everybody for watching. As I always say, all the information is at chicagojazz.com. And until next time, hopefully I will see somebody out on the scene.